Hey everyone, welcome to the Project Esports Podcast. And it is Easter Sunday, but we still wanted to make sure to bring you the esports news, the topics, all that kind of stuff to you no matter what day it is. We are the somewhat most dedicated podcast out there. As always, my name is Engine Imsgern, one of your co-hosts. Alongside me, I have Dylan Beal and James Graham. For those of you that don't remember, Dylan Beal is the jack of all trades. He's your go-to man no matter what esports it is. Um, rather throwback all the way to StarCraft or keep me in the loop with Dota. And then James Graham is the go-to guy for Honor Esports. He rules the League of Legends team. He keeps them running. He is somehow trying to schedule a bunch of people. He is making it more organized than our podcast. But we're, I mean, we're going to get there one day. I mean, maybe one day James will feel we're important enough to add a schedule for us. What do you feel about that? Do you want to do it for us next? I mean... Three people is like reasonable, you know what I mean? Like I'm right now, I'm looking at 17 people to keep schedules of. Yeah. So um, I think I think we can hold off on trying to organize our schedules for a little bit. Thankfully, we're pretty flexible. We have one night a week that we have to really uh, really plan ahead for. So yeah, and I mean, I'd, I'd ask Dylan to do it, but we're already going to see how much this podcast suffers with him gone. He's clearly kind of the glue that holds us together. It's just going to be me and James next week, so it is going to be very very rough. Um, so I, I can't ask him to do more than already holding the podcast together and I'm seeing people saying it's a little too loud. So I'll turn down all their microphones to make it a little easier, but I'm actually going to hand it off to Dylan. Um, just to kind of jump right into our first topic for the night. Um, I don't want to lead it off because I don't want to butcher another name. So I'm going to give it off to Dylan. All right. So the first one is actually about an Overwatch League player, Sabiel Bay. That's going to be as close as we're going to get to it. Um, so he's going to throw the first pitch at the New York Mets game tomorrow, actually. And this is kind of interesting because he's one of the first players to actually throw an opening pitch. Um, not quite. Um, we read this story a little bit earlier in the week, um, but they later went and corrected it. So there was actually a CSGO player who threw the first pitch at like the Bud Light All-Star oh, game really? or something like that. Uh, but he's going to be the first one to throw it at like a normal, uh, like a normal MLB game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be New York Mets, which kind of the reason for that is because he's on New York Excelsior, and the family that owns New York Excelsior also owns the Mets. So that's oh, probably okay. how they got that kind of uh, crossover in there. Um, but what do you guys think about this? I th- I think it's kind of interesting that. There's going to be a bunch of, like, older just baseball fans sitting there kind of going, like, oh, what is this young Korean boy doing throwing uh, <laughs> baseball? And that's so going to be how it be, too, because you know, I mean, I don't want to stereotype baseball. I mean, there's a lot of younger fans, but the majority of the baseball crowd is going to be older white generations, too. So that's exactly what they're going to be sitting in their seats. I mean, I love that they're doing it. Like, that's super cool that, like, esports – is kind of making it to, like, the mainstream. Like, I guess it's kind of cheating because the owners are the same, and that's kind of how um, they're doing it, um, how it got going. But I still think it's cool. I mean, it's not needed. I really don't believe there ever needs to be an integration between traditional sports and esports for esports to do what it's going to do. But I still think it's fun to see it. I love seeing the esports nights. I see they're talking about it. Other Yankees do esports nights with Echo Fox and stuff kind of like that. Like, I love seeing those kind of interactions, but I don't think they're needed. But I'm not going to say, no, I don't want to see this more. Um, Like, I mean, we kind of – I think we're going to have a similar reaction that we had with – when the Golden Guardians were announced um, at one of their games. A lot of people were like, who – the hell are these guys you know what i mean like when they when they had them at a golden state game so i think we might see a similar reaction with this i mean like yeah rick fox is kind of doing it right but rick fox is a marketing genius so i yeah. uh, i think he, i think he like because he's like he's recognizing that you need to do you need to have these regularly you know what i mean if you're having this one-off event everybody's gonna be like who, who the hell is this guy you know what i mean so um yeah no i don't think it's i don't think it's we're going to have, like, an eh reaction, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to change the world. I don't think there are going to be many people 
that are going to be like, oh my god, this guy's throwing an opening pitch out of Mets game, so I'm going to go follow the Overwatch League or get into esports yeah. or anything like that. I don't think this will have any effect at all on how the esports scene is going to be seen or anything kind of like that by non-esports fans. But nonetheless, like I kind of said, it's really cool that um, they're doing it in the first place, I guess. I mean... I think you could start some interesting conversations because, like, I could definitely see a scenario of, like, um, maybe someone who's a little bit older, like, sitting there watching the game and he's about to throw it and they announce him saying that he's part of the Overwatch League and stuff. They go, oh, like, my grandson really likes Overwatch and he talks about it all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah, you you might get that. Yeah, exactly, right? And, I mean, I I really hope that they do some kind of introduction besides that. This... This is Sebe, is what I'm saying, because that's what the chat is saying, so I don't butcher it. Sebe. Um, like, they introduce, like, it's not that he's from the New York Excelsior. They say, this is the one of the best players from an up-and-coming esports team from the Overwatch League. And they kind of do, like, even a 30-second kind of, like, introduction of who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, give some background. Like, yeah, because, I mean, I think that would be a difference. Like, if they kind of show, like, something on the big screen, like, kind of what this is, or quick promotional ad, which would make sense... For the Mets to do because obviously the owners are the same so why would you now want to try to get more people watching the other league as well but if they just say this is Sebe whatever his real name is that's not going to have any big impact if they don't say he's from the Overwatch League and they just introduce him as the NYXL DPS no one in the crowd is going to care at all yeah exactly it, it, it needs it needs to have some some context you know what I mean so and I think as long as they ask, like execute that properly will be okay but yeah no 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 um i I agree with uh what they're saying in the chat though um it is for like you know the local teams and stuff like that like that's it's it's good like it's it's cross promotion and shit like that it's just the execution of cross promotion you know what i mean we got to make sure that it's done work right or it's not going to do the it's not going to do the player justice and like and then like it's like worst case scenario it turns into like a like a a viral meme video where you have like you know this one player like that looks like it, it could turn into like the 50 cent pitch too where it just like goes into like you know like <laughs> into the dugout and you're just like yeah, oh, i hope dude. he makes it there i really hope that he practices yeah. enough to make it at least close to the home base because you've seen some of those people that can't make it i mean yeah. whatever if he doesn't it's not like it's going to ruin the overwatch league for, from here on no, out no, no, but no. it's not it's not gonna help anything but um yeah i still think it's cool and i, I love seeing it and just for a reminder whenever we do mention anything about the uh the chat we're referring to the Twitch chat. For those of you that watch on YouTube or that listen to us on podcasts, we do stream the podcast live at 8 p.m. Central Time, 10 p.m. Canadian Time, whatever Time Zone Canada's in. Uh, you know the one, the one Atlantic. Time Zone Canada's in, the singular <laughs> one. The Canadian Time Zone. So yeah, 8 p.m. Um, 8 p.m. Central Time, and then you can figure out the time zones from there. Just a reminder, so you can come interact with us, ask us questions, anything kind of like that in the chat as we're going because we get distracted, so the chat kind of helps keep us on track a little bit. But besides that, is there anything else we really want to touch on for this? I mean, any big points we missed out on here? Not really. I don't. Th- I think we kind of hit hit everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess with that, I kind of want to jump into more problems. I feel like we're always kind of somewhat n- not negative on the podcast, but we always bring up the bad stories about esports because they do have an impression of how the outside world sees it. So I think in the last couple months, we've talked about Ninja quite a bit here and off um, and how well he's been doing, what a great role model he is for esports, not even esports, just video games and Twitch streaming and stuff kind of like that. And then the other day, he goes and drops the N-word on a stream when he was freestyle rapping. Like... Well, okay, well, hold up. He wasn't freestyling. He was ad-libbing. He was ad-libbing. trying to rap logic, and he couldn't do it to was, save his okay. life. So it was yeah. logic. I thought he was... It was logic. Okay, yeah. so it was logic. That does make it better. Um, so, like, I heard him rapping. Like, I didn't recognize the um, song right away when I just listened to it briefly. And, like, I knew he was rapping. I didn't know if he was, like, kind of making up the own words. But for what the biggest controversy is, was I heard... So, to my understanding, that word's not even in the song, though. He added that, which is what the problem was. Like, a lot of people saying it's like, oh, it's in the music. It's in the music. Like, it's when is it going to be? If it's in the music, why can't people say it? Well, it wasn't in the music. Logic didn't even say it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, another thing, if Logic did say it, he is at least partially black. 
So like oh, that here doesn't. We, here we go. Here I we go. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make it a racing. I really don't. But yeah, that, like it is just more acceptable is how it is on social media culture. Is it's more acceptable of that somewhat they and he preaches about the black community in a lot of his songs and he does so much for that. So yeah. even if that was the case, that's much different than Ninja saying it. But and then we can go into Sado, uh, Sado Kiss did a very similar thing. He dropped the N word with a hard R and called said some guy to go kill himself. Now, While he was streaming the, on his birthday. Now, you say they're similar, but they're not. At, like, I mean, you both use the same word, but it's the it's what okay. they're meant for. Right? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So it is two yeah. very big things. But I want to talk about this in general. Because this comes up all the time. In especially the video games realm. I mean, yeah. as a big one was, um, not cutie. Oh, I don't know what. Yeah, cutie pie. Cutie pie. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm a cutie pie. Cutie pie. Yeah. My bad. I'm a cutie. Did not say anything bad. We're talking about PewDiePie nope. here. So, but this keeps coming up, and this is always seems like the big one. And obviously, we've talked about XQC. He didn't quite say this, but these racial slurs keep coming up. And while Ninjas, he's obviously not having that big of a lashback. A lot. It was a lot more understanding, and like you don't see advertisers pulling out or anything kind of like that. Um, but Sadokiss was straight up someone to just attack it. So those yeah. are very two different. I am not defending the use of the word in either way but obviously Sadokiss deserves the lashback that he's getting and Ninja isn't quite getting a, quite as a lashback so they're different scenarios but do you think Ninja is just getting a pass because he's so big or is this just not a big deal well so if it were, it, I think I think Ninja's not getting a lashback because of um, because of one how how genuine the dude is across the board he never has had any controversy. He, like, I mean, he's, like, he, like, we, I think we talked about his interview on, I think it was on Fox or some shit, on, like, how well he promoted the, like, the streamer lifestyle and stuff like that. Like, the dude, I don't think, has, like, a genuinely, like, 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 malicious bone in his body. So, yeah. for him to say that, and him to say it in a rap, and he's not, like, he's not directing anybody. He was streaming with Nade Shot, and he wasn't even directing it at Nade Shot, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you just can't, you, like, I don't think any, like, you're not seeing any lashback. Everybody talked about it a lot for about like three days, and then everybody was like, "Screw it, man! You're off the hook." Like, I mean, we get we get yeah. it. You screwed up. And his apology was so so well delivered, and it was so it, it like it laid out everything. He like he fully recognized he fucked up. He wasn't against it. He was like he understood that what he did was wrong, and he fully acknowledged it. Like it was like it was like a four four tweet apology yeah. and like those are max characters too and we're up to 240 now this isn't like just standard <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean so but like you're not seeing that at a sadikus sadikus really like like i mean it was the follow-up you know what i mean like it was like what he did right i mean i'm not i'm not condoning ninja for what he did i'm or i'm not i'm not encouraging no like ninja and i'm not letting him off the hook like i mean he still fucked up he still chucked a, like he still chucked the n-word um into a song that didn't even have it right he like he just tried to ad lib and he ad lib like the worst way possible. There's no there's no excuse for that, right? And he recognizes that, and I think the community recognizes that. So I think that's kind of why we're seeing him not get the lash back that anybody else would. You know what I mean? He's not yeah. being straight up racist, but he is using a racial slur. So yeah. I like which is again a really like I mean me even me saying that is a really fine line to walk, right? But I think yeah. that's kind of the the basis of it, right? Dylan. No, I think, I think you guys covered it pretty well. I mean, they both fucked up. I mean, obviously in different ways, but um, Ninja seems to own up to it, but I just thought it was really weird how much it flew under the radar. Like, yeah. it got traction, but, like, weirdly not a lot of traction. Like, I feel like with a lot of other streams, I mean, obviously Sato Kiss is facing a world of hell right now. Yeah. Like, his world is collapsing for, because of this. But with Ninja, he didn't have, like... With being how big it is, you'd think people, like, advise, ad, advertisers would start pulling out instantly. Like, it was a pretty big talk for a couple days here. And I'm like, I'm surprised that no businesses made any kind of move to pull out. And which does only, help Ninja yeah, Space was, because was, he did the apology before anything happened. Well, not only that, too. Like, he just did a stream with, like, Drake and Travis Scott. Yeah, like, but... You, that's but, like but, saying, but, I have one black friend, so I can say the word now. That's not no, no, how no, no, it no. works. I'm saying, no, no, no. I'm not I'm saying it as an excuse. I'm saying it is, you'd expect lashback from them, because he yeah. just had them okay. on there. You that know what I mean? Sense. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, not not so much in a positive light, but in a negative light. Like that's yeah. That, like you'd expect Drake to be like, "What the fuck, dude?" You know what I mean? Like we just we just like it gamed hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I guess the bigger thing I want to talk about is why. What is about the video game and esports community that these big personalities keep bringing up these racial slurs? Is it not? I mean, obviously, people outside of just esports and video games say it. But I feel like this is always a number one controversy that is happening. Is it because they're just in the eyes of the viewer so much and that they just slip up? Because, yeah, someone in the chat made a really good point. Is that, yes, it was an ad lib, which means he probably says it outside of just then. Like, he's, you don't just ad lib something like that if you don't say it somewhat regularly in how you talk. Like, yeah. I wouldn't just think of that. I don't say that word. So I wouldn't just think of that when I'm making up kind of adding lyrics to a song. And yet another point that chat's been making is yes, it was inaudible, which might kind of be why it flew on the radar, but still, why does this keep happening? Why is this the number one problem that these streamers and content creators and vocal, like I just people that are in front of the eyes of the viewers happen so much? Um, like, I think there's a couple of things. Like, I mean, like, I, like, like chat saying, like, I mean, they, they kind of do their, their whole life on stream sort of thing, but I don't think that's the whole picture. Um, a lot of gamers came into, you know, like we've talked about this before, voice comms and lack of repercussions. One of the most hurtful things and most tilting things you can do to somebody is typically going for the nastiest words possible, which are typically yeah. racial slurs, especially the N-word, you know what I mean? So you start calling somebody that over voice when you know you're not going to get your ass kicked, that, like, that starts a culture that is like that's a that's toxic you know what i mean like it, again we've touched on this before um but like i think that is a, a big play into it is that you know you're not you're not facing any ramifications for it you know what i mean so when this shit comes out like Saticus is like a, like he's 29 right like he's not like he's older than i am and i mean like he I think i think that's why we're seeing this because he's been in embedded in that culture that has kind of produced like toxicity, I mean, I don't even want toxicity. Like, toxicity. I don't even want to say they're genuinely racist. They are for saying the word, but how they think about it in their heads is probably like it's just a word that hurts, and it's a word that is going to cause like you know uh, like a lot of like a lot of like lashback and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. I like I mean like nothing 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 excuses this behavior, but I think that's where we might be seeing it. Yeah, and I guess. Something I wanted to say for everyone here is that we are three white guys talking about this kind of topic that we are, I guess, fortunate enough that we don't understand how this word has an impact on people to the fullest extent. So anything that we say, we don't condone in any way. Now, we've all said that. We've made that very clear. But mm -hmm. we don't fully understand the scenario and how this word is used in a lot of situations. So just take anything we say with a grain of salt because we don't have the full experience with this. And... I just want to make that clear before, in case we said anything to offend anyone. We didn't mean anything. We don't condone it anyway. We're just talking about it because this is something that comes up in esports and video game culture a lot. Is there anything you want to add, Dylan, before we kind of move on from here? I think I'm good. Okay. And James just walked away right as we were about I'm, I'm, to introduce him. I'm still here. I'm still here. Don't okay. worry. I'm just letting the cat out. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, I want to jump into that. I feel like we're good to kind of move on from this topic we've talked about it and it'll probably come up again unfortunately so i feel like this is good enough for today's podcast yeah so i think move I, on to, I think we so what i'll let you move on unless you got last words i'll let you kind of move on to whatever okay. you got next yeah 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 so the next uh, the next thing i want to kind of cover tonight is from the league scene and it's not from it's not unfortunately me giving my usual rundown of like the state of the league and stuff like that um, it, it's, um, the importance of environment. That's what we've called the topic. And, I, and uh, the jungler for giants, the Joko recently put out an article on a, on a website that I'm becoming very, very fond of because it is all player submitted things. Um, the, the, the website is called the player's lobby. Um, and basically it encompasses, uh, it's, it's, it's articles posted by the players and usually about their experiences and stuff like that. Um, now the, the Joko, um, his full name is Charlie Gillard, um, basically talked about his experience on the team Vitality. Um, Vitality is one of the newer teams that came in a couple, I wouldn't, probably a couple years ago. Um, maybe, I think it was two, I think we're looking at like two splits ago. 
Um, basically, he talks about his experience there, where he was dealing with two very toxic players, uh, GBM and Hichani, um, and H how Hichani basically works his relationship um, with his manager to basically make him the player that everybody had to focus on every do about, to the point where the hostility levels were incredible. They were ridiculous. And this basically caused the Joker to have wicked, wicked side effects. Um, he was uh, he was basically dealing with like weight issues, uh, confidence issues, all this shit, and like it, it made it put him in an awful, awful spot. Um, so basically, what what I'm kind of taking away from this is that how much of this shit is actually happening on other teams as well that we don't know that Joker's just not afraid to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think this is something that I think any team has to really sit there and and really recognize that it could be a possibility. Um, we had to do it in honor. We had to recognize that our guys need to be able to, like, figure out to talk to each other and stuff like that and not let shit like this happen, not play favorites, all this shit. And, like, again, like, we don't, like, we're seeing, like, we're seeing, like, uh, like, like decompositions of, like, the Overwatch League teams and stuff like that because of stuff that is probably similar to this that we're not seeing, you know what I mean? Like, we're probably, there's relationships probably formed with players and staff or other players that are, are causing, like, these issues to, to like you know cause these guys to have awful awful environments to be a part of you know what i mean so, so um i guess i want to say so like how so the fear is like in esports especially i i don't know it's hard to make assumptions or anything like that but the elite in the esports i feel like are so high up there is that how can you combat this so if there's a toxic players on the team but you still want to win. So you can't just get rid of yeah. those players. So, I mean, I just feel like it's hard. I, because, I mean, you can't say that like in the NBA or anything kind of like that stuff too. Because obviously you still want to win. You have the best players. But I just feel like there are already so many people of that high caliber in professional sports. That if someone is being a true toxic team member. That they can find someone to replace that. And kind of fit that in with esports. I don't feel like there are so many great players out there. But to be that top, top caliber, like, um, double lift. Like, if he was the most toxic player and no one could play with him, he is still good enough that if you cut him, you will not be able to find just a, another AD carry another free agency. Lift. Like, yeah. with esports, the elite is so much higher than in other, I feel like, traditional sports that that makes it harder to deal with just dropping toxic players. <sighs> yeah, like, I mean, you really got to weigh the odds and you got to weigh, like... Um, we kind of we kind of saw something some, some some similar shit with Dardock, you know what I mean? Dardock was considered one of these like premier premier players. I got passed around a shit ton because of his toxicity, because he was ruining teams and stuff like that. And I think it finally took Echo Fox to really take him and be like, okay, you need to learn how to communicate with players. So there's two there's two ways to combat this. One, you try and fix the person. Yep. You try and you try and grow them out of their toxicity. You try and like. I mean, like, with, with, in Dardox's example, there wasn't, it wasn't even an issue of him being toxic. He just didn't know how to convey his his feelings and what yeah. he's been told and stuff like that, right? So it is fixable in some regards. Um, and I think that I think that's really comparable in any eSport. Um, it's not so bad in single-player eSports, like, uh, like fighting games and stuff like that. Um, they think you, you have to you worry about... family, yeah. Well, that's just it, right? It's you and you and your boss or something like that, you know what I mean? Uh, I think, I, Dylan, maybe StarCraft's kind of a similar... A similar thing would you would you agree that you could kind of i know they do i know they run like a team environment and stuff like that but i don't know I, I mean i think the team environment is super super important because even though it's a 1v1 game all your practice is coming out of that team environment so like you need to be doing all these custom games with your teammates yeah and stuff like that so i i still think the team dynamic is super like a super important thing to to look at even in starcraft yeah so I think I think like player development is one way to combat it, and then two, like I mean, you gotta you gotta re like get away your odds. It's like, do you want to deal with this this toxic pos, or do you want to save the rest of the org and the rest of the brand? Because toxicity can go like a lot mm -hmm. of different ways. You know what I mean? It could you could damage the org, it could damage the brand. You know, um, you could you could lose money over it. You know what I mean? You could lose sponsorships and shit like that. So like you, you're always taking a risk with like keeping the player around and stuff like that. Like sometimes it works out. Teams have like always taken double if double if goes, um, double if goes like like ages like or doesn't go ages with free agency. He's always picked up because people know how to either one work his his brand or two they're ready to deal with it. You know what I mean? Um, and in the chat we uh, I like Kyle SSD makes a SSHD makes a really good point is that teams are at the point where they need HR guys now. They need shit like that to combat stuff 
if if we have toxicity you know what i mean in the I, i'm sure i can imagine in the early ages of like again like pro esports like or esports in general like starcraft and shit like that they probably didn't have that because they probably didn't think it would need to be a thing but it very much does it's just like another job it's just like another it's just like another org it needs or it just like another team like another sport it needs hr it needs like somebody that people can talk to and stuff like that yeah. so um i think those are like the basically your only ways of really dealing with it either develop the player you put the resources there to either develop or cut the player or you weigh your odds. I think that's those are really the three ways to kind of look at it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I definitely think kind of what you're saying is that, yeah, that people are starting to finally, with these franchises coming up, and that they're starting to treat it more like a traditional sports organized, and they're bringing in the HRs, they're bringing in the psychiatrist and stuff kind of like that, and they're trying finally teaching it that, like, sure, you're just, they may just be playing video games, but the stress, the emotions... All that is as big as if playing a traditional video game, and it needs to be treated like you're playing traditional sports. So I definitely think that they're getting there, and that it's just kind of time. And you see Rick um, um, with from Echo Fox and stuff kind of like that. They're treating it much more like traditional sports, and with the franchising and all mm-hmm. that, it is getting closer and closer to that. And, yeah, I, I'm glad to see they're opening up about this, though. Because just kind of bring it to light that and just like the same thing when those old team houses and how toxic those used to be was kind of yeah. brought to light. Like these things need to be brought to the forefront um, as a similar like the concussions in the NFL. These things need to be brought to the front, talked about, figured out, and you move on once you figure it out. Because if you don't talk about it, he obviously had problems because he didn't know how to talk. But now that he's yeah. talking to general, he allows other players to come out and he allows esports as a whole to kind of move forward because he's finally starting a conversation that wouldn't happen unless a professional player of high skill came out and did it. Yeah. Well, that's just, that's just it, right? Like, you need, you need, like, it's super risky, man, because, like, are you going to have guys, like, you know, you got you to gotta watch yourself, like, if you have some, some dude, like, Faker, who's, like, super fucking toxic, right? Like, what are you going to do? Like, what, like... Is he really? How are you going to... No, he's not. That's just, oh. But I'm, I'm saying, like, comparatively, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the guys, like, 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 you, like, when you get a perfect player, you kind of like it's perfection across the board. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you like with attitude and play style and all that shit, right? So, yeah, no, I, it's a, it's a really, it's a really risky, risky scenario to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and like, yeah. Uh, Andrew, like, like you were saying before, Andrew, um, about like traditional sports and them kind of like starting to use a lot of the things that they've seen there in esports now. I think it would be interesting to take a look back at this in like maybe like maybe two, three years to see how the dynamics have shifted in it and see if yeah. it has changed at all. Because I'm assuming um they are two completely different um environments. So traditional sports and esports, I mean they are very different in how everything operates there. Um so I think it's not going to be a, a, a one-to-one, but I think employing some of these kind of like traditional sports things is going to shift things a lot. Um, yeah. I, I guess just looking at how the Overwatch League will look in like a couple of years compared to maybe like some not as big esports and kind of comparing the two, I think it would be pretty interesting. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, as these teams and the league grows, they need to bring in more players and the academy teams will start kind of forming and stuff like that. And it'll, it'll just be acquired at one point. Like, even, yeah, like Honor Esports that we did that interview with earlier, they have an HR guy. At, at And they're a smaller team. No offense, James. But you guys aren't in. You're not in the NALCS. You're a small team. <laughs> but they already are conscious enough that they need to have someone for these players to take out of. And I think these next generations of teams and the staff and the players that are coming in are starting to understand that more than the traditional kind of esports teams and leagues and that in the future i don't feel like this is going to be a problem for long because people are becoming aware of this and that yeah. it is i mean yeah they keep saying in chat these are like 18 like the 22 is like the prime esports age i mean that's i mean that's that's my age group right now and i mean i couldn't imagine having a full-time job outside of that of streaming and practicing and all that kind of stuff is like that'd be way too much for me, I know that, and I'm just a scrub when it comes to esports. Like playing at a professional level, on top yeah. of all that, as an 18 to 22 year old, is just ridiculous. And I, and I mean, even guys in the amateur scene too. Like, I mean, one of one of our guys is like 17. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so you, you like it's it's it, it's crazy the, the 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 levels that it touches at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. So 
to change things into more a bit of a lighter lighter mood um still based around the eu lcs um it was recently announced that the eu lcs is also moving the franchising um uh, which thank you thank you chad for the the compliment of the shirt <laughs> um uh, <laughs> so yeah no they're moving to they're moving to the franchising model similar to the um similar to the NALCS, which thank christ because so many people were talking about what's the state the eu lcs was in if it was going to collapse on itself and stuff like that right so thankfully they're they're finally starting to do this um and we're seeing like when this is in u.s dollars we're seeing an increase of like twenty nine thousand to seventy four thousand uh per year for for uh minimum player salary which is cr just crazy because so many guys over there couldn't couldn't even like you know survive you know what i mean like he was yeah. almost like you're almost, unless you're on like a premier team, you're almost damning yourself being a part of that, right? Um, so this is good. There's a, like, I mean, there's not really much to talk about because we know it's working. We we know it's working with the NALCS. We're seeing so much money going to that and shit like that. Um, and the other thing is too, um, for a little tidbit, anybody anybody who who's listening or watching that um, was a fan of Origin while they're around, um, Expecte's brand. Um, apparently, they most recently picked up Insect, which means they might be looking to get back into it. Um, he's super excited for me because he's a play. It's a player-run org. Um, mind you, it was horrendous for the most part. Um, <laughs> they had some really good talent, but it kind of like I think Expecte's like lack of experience kind of damned the org. But there's a chance they're coming back. There's a chance a lot of big names can come back too. You might see Moscow Five or slash uh, slash Gambit come back in something like that, which would be also good for the EU LCS because you might see a lot of the guys that are part of like the CIS or the Turkish league move over to EU, which increases branding for, for everybody. You know what I mean? It, it, it really, it really benefits a lot of regions and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, no, and there is, and then we're, 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 there's a chance we might run into, uh, what happened with immortals. Um, and somebody gets kicked out because their, their numbers aren't all in a row. You know what I mean? Or there's like some ulterior motives and stuff like that. So I don't really know what's going to happen with some of the teams. Um, we're, the assumptions are the teams like Fnatic, teams like G2, um, those guys are going to kind of be the rocks. Um, Splice is another one because Splice already has a pretty big part, like partnership backing and stuff like that. Um, with uh, Mads, no. Uh, whoever the whoever the Bruins are run by, because um, they're partnered with the Bruins right now, um, so we you, a lot of those teams you're probably going to see stick around. But as far as like everybody else, we don't really know too too much. Um, and yeah, no, we there's we'll we'll kind of see. It's it's one of those things we're going to have to play by ear. Yeah. So I guess I have two things. So first off, do we think this is going to be another NALCS, and are we going to see legacy teams go for money teams? Because like they're kind of saying that they're I mean, they're already starting to see that the big soccer teams, football teams, or any Europeans, whatever the difference is, are starting to get into esports. Are we yeah, going Shoka, to see yeah. some of those spots going to the big money teams because the LC, the EU LCS is going to see more money in them? Or are they going to try to stick to legacy teams? Is my first question. We'll go with the other one later. Um, I think we will. I think we will. And what we'll see is – so one or two things are going to happen. One or two things are going to happen. Um, with in regards to that, we're gonna see them either the the teams be bought by the brand, yeah, and adopt the brand, which would be um, which would be smarter. You keep the brand and you get all the money behind it. Um, I think we might see that with Fnatic, maybe, maybe maybe Paris gets smart with that because Paris already tried their run and it's kind of fucked up. Or two, we just see them go all together. I think that will happen honestly because. The ULCS one is dying and is having a rough go right now, so they want money to go in. So if they're like, "Fuck you, fanatic," Shulka can pay us way more. You know what I mean? I want to go with that. You know what I mean? So I think that could be it. Uh, Dylan, do you do you kind of feel the same or? Uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of would like to see a lot of the football clubs come in and like start putting some of their you know giant money behind it because <laughs> you know they have it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I. I don't know. I have like a really good attachment to like old old school team names and stuff and like their branding. So like I obviously I don't want them never go, but like um I don't know. I, I could see definitely like maybe some of the teams just getting bought and the brand staying. But yeah. I could definitely see some of them just being like completely redone. Like some of them like maybe maybe some of the like lower lower end teams that like their brand isn't like super hot or anything. Yeah, I can definitely see them being like switched over. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I think. Did so. they announce a expansion for the NALCS for next year? 
there's a point behind this. Uh, I haven't seen anything yet. Um, it's so early still, I know, but yeah, ex exactly. Might, I think we might see something closer to like the summer split. Why yeah. do you uh, Why do you ask, my friend? Because another thing that could change. I mean, even with franchising, I know Fnatic and Splice, Giants, and H2K all applied, yeah. I believe, to come to the NALCS. Yeah, so, they did. I mean, even with franchising, I can see some of them still coming over the NALCS, which I wouldn't mind personally, because. Like, I think it'd be awesome to see Fnatic come over and Giants would come over. It's just those two come over. Because then that opens up spots for those football clubs to come in over there true, yeah. without having to worry about eliminating any team names and giving those other teams um, the chance to stay in the league. That would have got cut otherwise. Because everywhere in Europe, there are going to be, be people connected to those teams. And you do not want them gone. So, if yeah. the, and I mean, obviously... I don't know who would come up from the North American side to kind of take the expansion side. So it makes sense to bring in over EU teams. Could we see now? See, okay, with now with EU going to franchise, could we see Immortals go over there? Like, oh my I mean, god, that'd be great, right? Like, like I, I mean, it is a possibility, right? I that'd mean, be like, the greatest redemption arc if they go over there, make it to Worlds, and then beat the NA team. Greatest oh redemption God. arc of all time. Yeah. I'd make a documentary about that. I'm happy. I'm happy. I wore this jersey tonight. Like this, I I, I wore this because Ex Smithy made finals, and this is an Ex Smithy Immortals jersey. But like, I mean, this has just been a conversation piece the whole time. Oh man. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I think I, like, it's nothing but good. It's just what happens with the good. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's more money uh, coming in, and we, as we've seen, that has been good for the most part for esports. The Overwatch yeah. League has been successful. The NALCS has been successful. And everyone was so, we even talked about how this big money is going to impact these leagues. I don't see any difference. I see players making more money. I see more advertising. I see the leagues growing. So I don't think this could in any way hurt the EU LCS after people get over the fact that maybe a couple teams could be cut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think we might see, like, the, like... I mean, uh, like I would, I would use Ninja Pajamas as like the previous one, and like Mysterious Monkeys and these random yeah. teams and stuff like that. But I mean, like this could also be a good thing for teams like Unicorns of Love, who um, don't exactly like are a very small org and stuff like that. But if a bigger brand buys them and keeps yeah. the branding because their branding is recognizable, that's a good thing for them because like, yeah. to, like for for them for those guys, like they were a very small, close knit team. You know what I mean? So if they get absorbed by somebody else, um, that'd be that'd be sick. So yeah. again, I I, I don't. And I mean, maybe we do get immortals over in EU, we, like EU dot or immortals dot EU. Who knows? And I guess the other side of this I want to talk about, and Dylan, you can pipe in on this because it's not quite league related. Is is there a situation besides fighting games where franchising isn't the option? Should every esports league start moving towards franchising, or are there scenarios where it is not going to be right for that game? Do we even think franchising and fighting games is a bad thing? Like, I don't know enough. Hmm. I don't know, but not FGC. That's that's why I wanted to, this to be kind of Dylan because I don't know how the FGC would work with franchising. I don't um, know. I don't know. It's it's really weird because the way that like teams work in the FGC is at this point it's just like a sponsor. They're just yeah. like if you're a part of a team, it's more of just they're your main sponsor who gets all your other like they just like aggregate other sponsors for you yeah that's kind of like what it is now there might be an exception to like maybe the top three players but for the most part it's like oh i joined this team for the most part that just means oh they're dealing with my sponsors sponsor, yeah. and they're gonna send me out they're yeah. gonna they're gonna figure out my travel and all that for me okay so, so let's let's forget fgc let's say rocket league or um uh, rainbow siege or things such as that like Let's see those professional leagues start to kind of formalize more. Do we want to just like kind the of battle royale games too, like Fortnite yeah. and shit like that? For any of those, should that be franchised, or should that just be kind of how the EU LCS is now? That there's a play-ins, the qualifiers, all that kind of stuff. Or do we think franchising should just be the future of all esports, except FGC? My like my deepest heart says keep 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 it the way it keep used it, to keep... be. <laughs> Like, that's, like, what my, my heart always says. Um, Keep your voice club, man. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. That's my answer. I don't, I don't it's know. such a hard time. It's such a big thing. Like, 
I love it, seeing this. I love seeing big money come into it, but we've only seen it in Overwatch League and really the NALCS. Dota doesn't franchise, right? No, not to my knowledge. I don't so, think so, like, we've, well, even if Dota did, like, only the big, really couple of esports have franchised, and we haven't seen it happen in a smaller league as far as I know. I, is, are we saying just once it hits a certain amount of popularity, that's the right choice? <laughs> Boom, franchising. Yeah. Like, oh, you now have a million viewers. You get a franchise today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or do we think, yeah, it's just kind of based on the sport, based on the time, based on the community, and that it's just kind of flowing of when it's right? Or is it only for, like, the big three that it really would fit? Because Halo, Gears of War, like, all those, Call of Duty isn't franchised. None of those are franchised. You, you, mark, you mark my fucking words. Gears of War will be franchised. <laughs> That's going to get some big money, man. Oh, my like, God. Like, yeah, like... <laughs> I uh, well, I mean, let, let's think about it. They already have the Microsoft backing. Like, if we're, if we're thinking about this, like, like critically, they already have the Microsoft backing. They already have like this massive like corporation behind them. If they grow a little bigger, I could see them getting it. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I think they're definitely gonna be like down the road after like Rainbow. I think Rainbow Six is definitely gonna get it. Rainbow Six is blowing the fuck up. I don't. I can't see it not getting it. Oh, the CWL is confirmed to get franchising. Oh. Okay. Is that... Yeah, okay, there we go. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So the ORF teams get first dibs with the CWLs confirmed, confirmed, confirmed oh. for franchising, which is kind of dope. That's that's cool to know. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, I think it could work. It, like, do you think it would... I, I think it, it, it's based on popularity, though. They got to know that the, the sport isn't going to die, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I think, like, as much as I love it, I think it would, it would bring life back to StarCraft, but I don't think StarCraft's going to get it, you know don't what I mean? Yeah, exactly. See, that's, that's similar to FGC, though, because it's kind of individuals, isn't it? I feel like well, any individual you know, it, can no, be it's, hard. Uh, StarCraft is a 1v1, but it's a very much team game. Like, yeah. you, you gain so much from being in a team house that okay. it's like... Okay. In comparison, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I changed my answer. I, I okay. know my answer about franchising. <laughs> um, so I think inserting as much big money into esports is good because we want to keep riding out that bubble just enough until we can cash out, and then we can let the bubble pop. Let it fucking die. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then we'll let it pop. But but until then, keep keep injecting all the big money into it. I like the answer. I'm not going to disagree enough. with that. Uh, no, but in, in reality, I mean, I don't think franchising is going to come in giant waves anytime soon. I think it's just going to be the biggest games out there are going to get the the money they deserve because it's valued high. You know, right. if, so, if someone sees value, they're going to put money behind it, and that's where we're going to see the franchising. Yeah, and it's slowly starting coming. I kind of agree. We've only seen it in the big ones, and yeah, I think that's where 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 the money is is where people are going to want to franchise and invest in. Otherwise, I don't see much of a point really for, I, or I don't see if like investors would have much of a point in kind of investing in smaller leagues to a like, full extent. What happens when we get to like this is where we're going to see such a divide with like with like uh, with esports though is because games like or shit like the FGC. Is never going to be able to adopt this. So what happens? What happens to it? You know what I mean? Like, where like a lot of these other esports are going to get into the franchising realm. Like, what's going to happen with that? Because it is again, it's an individual based thing. And like Dylan said, like your your, your team is basically your your sponsor, your agent. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, still like you could have these giant teams who encompass multiple games, kind of like our TLs and EGs back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, where they they just have their hands in every esport, and maybe the big money is going into those giant teams, and you're seeing them pick up like you know like a small FGC crew who yeah. you know practices together, or maybe even they even practice together. Maybe they just go out to tournaments together. Like yeah. even though they're acting as a sponsor, you can still insert that money into like a franchise yeah. model overall, but still get benefits to the FGC. Yeah. Okay. No, that's that's fair. And I mean, that'd be a good thing. Like I've always. Like that's uh, this is where I'm kind of with Dylan is like I always like the I like the FGC because anybody can kind of get in that shit. Like I saw it with like NorCal when I was watching. So many people were like weren't a part of a team and stuff like that, and they were still doing well and shit. So it was really like that's like the grassroots stuff. You know what I mean? Like everybody's got a shot. Where as soon as you move into franchising and other shit, it's not a no like it's not in anybody's game anymore. You know what I mean? You can't be un you can't be unbranded and make it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I mean, but then like, how. I mean, Kyle made a good point in the chat, actually, that it's just like NASCAR, and NASCAR works and makes a lot of money, is that 
there are the big teams and they just have a bunch of different cars which is actually a really good point and that makes money i mean obviously nascar may not be as big as it once was but the drivers still make a lot of money it still works i don't know if it's growing but it's still here and it's still one of the big pro scenes if you count net racing as a sport so like it can work. I don't think the FGC wants to change from kind of how yeah, I've they, heard they, from they, like the they, forums and stuff. They're okay with how they are, so they don't give a shit about everything that's true. going on around yeah. them. The FGC so, has just enough money to stay alive, and they're fine with that. <laughs> like, yep. So, I guess, yeah, I guess franchising is something we see more in the future, but I think it's just so hard to kind of see the future because we only see happening in these big leagues. So I think the first time like a Rocket League decides to franchise. It'll be interesting to see how that works, if that ever happens. But until then, yeah. let's talk about our baby Twitch and what's going on over there, Dylan. Oh, boy. Um, so the big thing that I think it was broke by Slasher, um, at least that's where I saw it first, um, which, by the way, you should definitely follow Slasher on Twitter because he has a lot of really good um, esports insights all the time. Um, but, yeah, so Twitch just laid off about... Um, they said upwards of 30 they said not not gonna pass 30 but upwards of 30 people um from their community and marketing teams which is a big deal because like all these people that they basically cut were really old school community like employees there at twitch which um basically whenever i see a bunch of like old employees that were there earlier on like before the amazon days that kind of signals like a big major like strategy shift um i don't they're think they're hiring the... a ton still which really and that, is, that is also a weird thing too is they're trying to like increase by like th i think they said like 30 percent yeah so they're hiring a bunch but at the same time they're like cutting all these community people which communities are like super important especially for something like twitch and like yeah. growing it and maintaining it is literally the lifeblood of the site so the fact that they're hiring into other departments and cutting down that and also getting rid of the people who've been there the longest people who have like really, really good insights into like yeah. what this community is and how this community grows is really, really troubling. Actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they have a new CEO, COO, um, at Twitch. Um, so I think this is definitely a, a strategic move on their hand. I don't know if it's, I, I don't know what their end goal is for this, but I don't know. It's, it just leaves me feeling, like, really kind of, like, it's an empty uneasy. Game. Yeah, yeah it's really uneasy. I, I mean, don't... Well, oh, yeah, how also, bad can in, they screw up? In, in chat, I um, Cass posted this in chat, but I, I totally forgot it. But they got Amazon. Um, basically, the way they got fired is they were all brought into a Google Hangouts and fired via Google Hangouts. What? Oh, that's cold. That's fucking cold-blooded, man. Like how? Yeah, and and the re like and um yeah, Cass brought this up again. Um, but overhired. Yeah, They're... overhired. They said they overhired, but like, you, if you overhire, like, why would you get rid of all these like core members? Like that's that's really weird. But yeah, they got they got they got the Google Hangout treatment because Amazon owns Twitch now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. But they, they like they've been pretty hands off. Like, um, yeah, they've they've kind of like let them do their own thing. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, own yeah. You now. But like, you guys, you guys, what you guys are doing right now works. Fuck it, go for it, right? Yeah, because we we haven't seen Amazon executives come in and do any of this stuff. It's all like within Twitch now. Yeah. Twitch has picked up a like a, I think two new C-suite members, um, a new CEO, COO, and another uh, C-suite person, um, since Amazon bought them. So this is this is coming internally, but it's not coming internally from the, you know, like the core Twitch employees that have been yeah. there. But I mean, sh so I guess it, it depends. So people work for super excited to go to work now, feel unsafe in terms of job stability. Yeah, I mean, first off, I agree. Like, I honestly just applied for a job at Twitch because I'm like, it'd be so <laughs> cool to apply to it. Now it scares me, like kind of how that is. But I mean. If it is all getting rid of kind of the OG members, I do agree that it is probably just a strategy switch and that they want the younger, they want the people, they want the people that have that same kind of mindset in there. I don't agree with how they did it, but I understand the kind of the idea behind it since they are hiring so much um, that, I don't know. But my biggest thing is, how bad can they fuck up? 
can Twitch ever get to the point where they're not the go-to streaming platform? Can yes. Mixer take yes. over? No, the, I, that, <laughs> I would say 100% yes, because there has been so many points in Twitch's lifespan of where that was almost true. And the only reason why they didn't um, lose out is because they were lucky and the competition fucked up harder than they did. So I know for the biggest time, I don't know if you guys remember this, but back in the day, um, it was really hard um, for European, like people in Europe to watch streams. Huh. Like it was like really, really hard, like just because they didn't have the, like the infrastructure out there. And so like, like not only just Europeans, but like even in America, like sometimes like you would just have trouble like watching yeah. streams and all that. Um, and so I know a big thing is like watching NALCS um, or not NALCS, uh, EU, EULCS or whatever, or like watching just EU of any sort of league um, which is terrible. Like it, it was actually really hard to do. So I think it was a Zubu. I think that was uh, that was when a Zubu came up at first. Um, yeah, they blew they, the fuck up too. They blew up because they were like, "Hey, like we're gonna treat everyone right. We're gonna make sure they're compensated well. The streamers are compensated well, and we're gonna fix all these problems with like the server issues." And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that's sick." Turns out they didn't like pay anyone anything, and that's where they messed up. But like, <laughs> in in a world of where they had the fund, like the proper funding, and actually went through with their promises, like, Azubu would be the. I think maybe we the... would be going to Azubu right now. Like maybe we'd yeah. be streaming there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but you're saying the future isn't Facebook streaming? Oh God, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Facebook in general's uh, yeah, not looking oh, so God. good. But that is that is a conversation I could have for days right now but, but the, yeah the biggest the biggest issue right now is that barriers to entry because yeah. like like same exact thing with youtube it's like literally the same story as youtube because it's hard to make a youtube competitor because yeah. the infrastructure is just so giant right now and like the amount of infrastructure you would have to build up to compete with any of these yeah. people is like it's it's, it's, it's it seems like unworldly. it's astronomical yeah. Yeah. how yeah. could anyone compete with amazon and google like, that is yeah. who you're really fighting with. These Google's behind YouTube, Amazon's behind Twitch. How can someone... I mean, I know esports is kind of that realm that could do it because if you treat the people right and you have some of the money, but I just feel like both those companies would shut you down so quickly and not allow you to get to that point. And that, I mean, like, even if they got to that point, they try and buy you out, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you'd see you'd see them trying to, like, absorb you, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're competing and, against like, the mean, biggest companies in the world. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, once you get to that point, you're almost, like, you're almost an idiot if you don't sell out to them, you know what I mean? Because you as an individual, you or even, you know, like, your company, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you might, the company may dissolve because you didn't, like, get absorbed, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I don't know, man, like, how do you, how do you fuck with that? I think if we do see any of it, it's going to be coming from big names now. Um, I don't think we're going to see just like random left field uh, services come up. I think if something does happen, it will be a Mixer-like thing. I don't think it's going to be Mixer. I don't think Mixer is all God, that great. No. But if if it is, it will be from you know Microsoft going, hey, we're going to release our own thing and we want to compete. And you're going to have to have a team that is very focused because right now it seems like Microsoft's like, hey, Let's get into this whole streaming. What's uh, this streaming thing like, guys? Yeah, like... let's let's get it. And then they get a bunch of engineers together to throw something together. But you need someone who like really understands the landscape and goes, "I know what problems need to be solved. We're going to fix those problems, yeah. and we're going to advertise that we fix those problems." Um, I think or... a company. Okay, this is sorry, cutting off your point. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. What if Blizzard slash Activision does? I mean, yeah, they, did, they do. They already did. It's Facebook. They integrated with Facebook. Oh, fuck. God damn it. But yeah, I'm like, you can, you can link up your Facebook to your BNet and stream right to Facebook. My buddy does it with Hearthstone all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't well, know why let's the say they say <laughs> Facebook's going to tie. Let's say they cut ties with Facebook and make their, I think they'd be the it because I'm in mean, between World of Warcraft streamers, Call of Duty streamers, Overwatch streamers, Hearthstone. A lot of the people playing those, the, some of the bigger games that are streamed are owned by that company. So it wouldn't make sense for them to come in and try to figure something out. I think that would be a company or a game-specific company yeah. that could come in. And Blizzard's always been pretty good to their fans. I mean, there's been points where they've made fuck-ups, but... <sighs> I would not, not say gonna be Google. their fans. That okay. is a... That is a yeah, but, okay, but compared to YouTube, 
Who's been better to the fans, YouTube or Blizzard? I think both companies do us dirty, dude. Yeah, okay. dude. Okay, so because you got you got somebody who plays Warcraft and you got somebody who played Starcraft. You know what I mean? We've been fucked from both ends. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, like, like I mean, I like again, man. Like, I love Blizzard to death, but dude, they've stabbed us in the back so many fucking times. It's like, <laughs> so I mean, I can't say I can't say they'd be the ones. I don't know, but then like, I, it's got me thinking like, who would do it? Do you think Riot might do it? Do you think Riot might say like, fuck you, Twitch? I'm gonna go. We're gonna go do our own thing, like. I actually think I have an idea. Um, so you now on consoles, I think specifically PlayStation, they have the Twitch integration where you can stream directly from Twitch within the console itself. Yeah. What if, you know, Sony's like, we want to compete. And instead of directly streaming to Twitch, they have it just super easy like that, but they just stream to their own platform. Because then everyone on console who's like not super savvy with streaming, who just does that and they just stream. That. Yeah, they just like dick around in streaming. And eventually... Who knows, you might have a big enough audience of where people outside of those console streamers are like, oh, you know, there's an audience here. I'm, I'm going to try to scoop some stuff up. Yeah, Dylan, I want true. to introduce you something really quick. This is the PlayStation Vita. <laughs> this is the last time Sony took a huge risk outside of VR. <laughs> they gave up on this within about two years. Two years after this was released, they had one game at E3 for the Vita. Oh, Sony God. does not take risks. Fair enough, fair enough. I love my not Vita. Bad. To not death. bad, man. I am a member of Vita Island, but Sony will never have the balls unless Mixer takes off. If they see Mixer and Microsoft taking off, they will step in because they're like, if you can do it, we can do it better. But if Mixer never takes off, Sony will never have a reason to get in. No. These are partnered with Twitch. They have it all there. Why make a bigger hassle for them and compete up against people? I mean, if you compete against Twitch, you're competing against Amazon. Amazon, like, okay, we stopped carrying PlayStation games if they really wanted to, if they really wanted to be dicks. Like, it's hard. Sony would never risk losing their biggest ordering platforms for a streaming platform. Okay, another idea thrown out. I know we're going off of a bunch, but I, I have another one, right? What is Amazon's one of their biggest competitors. eBay. eBay? Wrong. Retail? Alibaba. Oh, no. Don't. I'm ready for it. I'm no, no, like, I'm, no, I'm, if you, no. If you is a Japanese, uh, Chinese streaming platform, isn't there? There has um, to be. There, there is one of them. Um, there, it's, like, overrun with ViewBots, though. Like, mi wow. minimum views on there is, like, a 1,000. But, like, if you... if <laughs> minimum you know, Like, in all seriousness, oh like, in all seriousness, though, like, if maybe, like, a Chinese or, like korean or even japanese like streaming service would come out that's really popular and like seamless for each um like for, for each language because yeah. like the biggest issue right now is like i don't know if it's like web design or has something to deal with like not um like not having it be like germanic characters or something like web design doesn't really reflect too well over like between Asia and uh, like the like the West, like it, it it doesn't like reflect too well. So I don't know if you guys ever been to like a Japanese website, I have, but like yeah. even switching into English, like it kind of looks bad. Like it kind of just integration isn't yeah. Like it, it's not integrated super well. So what if yeah. you had like a really giant like Chinese streaming service that was able to integrate really well like that, and they were just like yeah everyone come on like everyone come on and and stream on our platform. Tencent Tencent would be the company to do that. They own Riot. Yeah. They own they ha they own parts of Riot or most of Riot. They own parts of Activision Blizzard. Tencent would yeah. be the company to step up and do that because they own a majority of the games there. I mean, outside of that, they have like the Clash of Clans, the Clash Royale. If you want to bring that back, Smite, PUBG Mobile, they already do it there. I mean, Tencent would be that Chinese company to come over there and do it because they are a company that is willing to do risks. They are yeah, always doing true. weird shit over there. That is only they, don't give a, they got the money. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. I could actually see that. I think it'd take forever until it got over to where it was kind of normal for us. But I think if Twitch really fucked up or something like that really fucked up, that Tencent would be a company that could kind of jump on it and go for it. And Ubisoft, they own. No, they don't. They don't own Ubisoft, do they, Kyle? I thought no, Nvidia was trying to buy them, and they fought them off. No, they, they do own. They do own Ubisoft. You're right. You're right. 
I'm wrong. But, shit. Yeah, I mean, so, I I think it could it could come from somewhere. Yeah. So do you think do you think we like uh and I like I mean boys we're like kind of born burning like the midnight oil at this point. But I think like I oh, think wow. we need <laughs> yeah exactly. But do we think that we need to see, we need to see a string of Twitch fuck ups before we got to the ten cent point or somebody else right yeah. like um e- either either a string of like just like wrong actions or just like one big thing that's wrong that just gets stretched out and just burns people out yeah, yeah. they would really have to fuck over their partners or something they'd have to do something yep. where the biggest yeah. three were something that would make ninja leave if ninja or dr disrespect or something like them ever happened that they left that would be the downfall because when you it, start losing those big personalities, that's if they if if they got rid of like donations or something, and they were like, oh no, only use bits. Like if oh, they did that, yeah. if, if they, they did, cut off Streamlabs support, the platform would die. Oh yeah, because like um, because subs are like important, and you get like the big dudes get like tons and tons of money from oh, subs, yeah. but like the majority of money you're making is donations. Yeah, so, like, agreed. If they were to do something where they were like, oh yeah, no Streamlabs, only going to be doing bits, like that would that would actually kill it. That would that, that would, would kill so much. That would and kill it. So they are trying to focus more on bits too because the position I applied for was head of esports and bits. So they're trying to, and just kind of what they've been talking about at Twitch, is they want bits to be the next big thing. And I'm afraid they could do that. Now that you bring like that the- up, yeah, dude, that seems oh, like a very, God. like, a very scary reality, you know what I mean? Like, and very, very plausible, too. That's the, like, fuck. The Paul's Walsh in the new era? <laughs> I don't even want to talk Logan Paul on Twitter. I'm not not Twitch. That's just... Oh, Jesus fuck. Christ. Wait, okay. do bits not work in Canada? Is that no, true? In Canada. Uh, I've never tried, to be honest. <laughs> do they not actually work in Canada? Seriously? I mean, he he is Canadian. He's from classic Nigeria. doing the Canadians dirty. Damn. I'm going to Tencent. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. We're not streaming on Twitch anymore. We're going to yeah. we're going to China tomorrow, boys. Yeah, uh, you guys can find a new Canadian. I'm out. I'm fucking done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I think we could talk about this forever, and I'm glad we got off topic for a bit and talked about this. But we are already at the hour minute mark. Is there any last comments you want to touch on from anything before we kind of do our wrap up tonight, boys? Or any, does chat have any questions before you wrap up? Uh, besides Instagram Live? <laughs> oh my god, Instagram Live. We could... No. You have to buy... Yeah, but it's okay. But even earning bits in the US, Kyle, is incredibly difficult. Most of them are taken by bots. But, I don't know. It looks like we don't have any questions from chat tonight. So, I guess I want to just kind of start it up with thank you so much to everyone for listening to the Project Esports podcast. Hope you all had an awesome Easter, and thank you very much for viewing, listening, and watching, whatever. Uh, oh, my God. Okay, so. <laughs> Outro. Here we go. No, uh, before I, I want to leave us with a closing point oh, okay. really, really quick. Um, this this was just something I, the guys were talking over at Honor. Um, double lift, as we've talked about before, his older brother attacked both his parents with a knife. In a result of his attack, his mother passed away and his dad was seriously injured. When? Uh, this was this weekend, I guess. Holy shit. Holy shit, man. That's good. That's right before finals. Oh my fuck, man. Wow. Well, is this like breaking news? This is, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. And if it's like, like yeah, it's in a twit longer. Um, I don't know. Like, again, this is. We're still in April Fools, but I can't see him fucking around oh, about that. That would be a horrible, horrible April Fools. Yeah, no. So I don't know. I don't know. Fucking keep okay. an eye on that, boys. Yeah. So I guess if anything did happen at all to Double Lift and his family, condolences from all of us. And we're yeah, yeah. I, we're shit. so sorry for your losses. If this is a horrible April Fools joke, fuck whoever made that up because that is not something to kind of mess around with. So hopefully this is just a joke. That's going to be gone, and next week we don't even have to bring this back up. If mm-hmm. so, our condolences, double left. Yeah, man, holy shit. But, um, outside of that, that's a horrible way to end the podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry to, but, so, oh my god, yeah. But that is, that may be breaking news, so if we are wrong, we take it back and forget all yeah. of this, but, um, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for... Ending on a very depressing note of watching the Project Esports podcast. Either rather it's on Twitch or podcast or 
YouTube. Uh, subscribe or follow, guys. Uh, we may or may not have more breaking news like this shit. Um, regardless, any everybody in the chat, we super appreciate it. It's been fucking great. Um, if you guys want to chuck us a follow, a subscribe or a subscribe on like the uh, the the podcast services, that'd be greatly appreciated as well. And all these live streams are Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, the best time um, at twitch.tv slash Project Esports Podcast. And the VODs are going to be going up Monday morning, so that will be on iTunes and all that. Um, and also, um, next week, I'm actually going to be live at PAX East. Yes. Um, so if there's any content that there, like there that you want me to check out, if there's any games that you guys are interested in, Feel free to tweet at me or feel free to twit, uh, tweet at um, us at Project Esports. Yeah. So are you um, going to be streaming that, that on uh, Twitch, Facebook? Where should people be watching for those kind of live streams? Instagram content? Instagram Live? Uh, no, I'll probably just do uh, recorded content for all those. Um, okay. So yeah, audio and video. Um, probably not any live stream stuff, but I'll okay. have recorded content that will go up. Um Hopefully, as soon as I can kind of, like, throw it all together. So. Yeah, and I can help with that editing, too. But, yeah. And also, yeah, for anyone that is watching Twitch, we always do do a pre-show and a post-show. So, come out, hang out with us, and we always talk before and after a little bit, too. So, any of you that do want to interact with us, uh, get to know us a little bit more, come hang out with the Twitch chat. But until then, I guess I'm going to jump ahead of James, and I'm going to say I'm Andrew. I'm James. I'm Dylan. Thank you very much for watching.